Attention listeners, ahead are spoilers. Hello, and welcome to the Movie Trap. My name is Russell Carlson, and with me is Chris Boroff. Uh... I don't remember any lines from this movie. I'm just going to say, racist, racist, I'm a bad person from Britain. Okay, there you go. Right. There you go. Um, and also with me, it's Zach Powers. Uh, this is a friendship between opposites. <laughs> um, welcome on the movie trap. Each of us pick a theme. Well, one of us picks a theme, and then each of us watch a movie and pick a movie based off that theme. Uh, after we've done watching all three movies, we then vote. Uh, whichever movie wins the vote, that host gets to pick the next theme, except not this time uh, or the last time. This is uh, Zach's reward movie for the Halloween round, which he won for Trick or Treat. Uh, and that is his bonus We've movie. We've had so we some need... production co- problems, which is right. why this is coming yeah. out. Several months after Halloween. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. Well, we had to do the Christmas one, and anyway. Uh, so anyway, here we are at last. Zach finally gets to reap his reward and inflict a movie upon us with no consequences. There's no voting. There's no points. Uh, there's barely any notes. Uh, we just uh, watch the movie. And Zach has chosen 2021-2022. Uh, I'm confused about the release date. RRR. Uh, uh, which is a um, action musical sort of thing. Uh, that's the best way I could describe it. And I am glad that I do not have Zach Powers' job for summarizing this movie because it is a long one. So folks, buckle up and let Zach do the conducting. Uh, RRR is indeed uh, 2022 is what we're going to go with. Uh, Indian film, uh uh it is sort of a historical action drama i guess uh directed by uh ss rajmoli uh i uh apologize for any mispronunciations i am uh if uh if you were just I, listening yeah. <laughs> couldn't tell from my voice i am not an indian man uh, or indian woman i am not an indian person in any regard um uh, but uh, I will do my best. Uh, no offense intended for mispronunciation. I think it's um, a blanket one for all I, of us on this yeah. one, guys. I'm pretty sure you got that name okay. I've heard that name a couple times. I think you got that one. Rajamali, yeah. Uh, uh, it stars uh, N.T. Rajarao Jr., Ram Charan, uh, a few others, people here in the West, which I assume is the main audience for this podcast, if we have one, <laughs> may be familiar with uh, Ray Stevenson and Allison Duty, uh, who have been in, you know, major Western films in the past and uh, feature in this movie as well. Um, yeah, it uh, tells the story. RRR, I should say, to start, start stands for... Uh, Rise, Roar, Revolt, but kind of stands for more than that. We'll get into that later. Um, uh, It is set during uh, the period uh, in which India was a British colony. Uh, uh, British colonial India starts in the 1920s um, with uh, uh, two uh, absurdly villainous uh, English colonialists, uh, Scott Buxton and his wife, Catherine, uh, are in India in a, a, a an Indian forest, 
they abduct a very young girl and, uh, you know, they trick her into becoming sort of their house servant through uh, a lack of understanding of languages and then brutalize her mother. Um, and uh, the, uh, the tribe to which she belongs, uh, their, their sort of guardian, uh, Karam Beam, uh, is, takes it upon himself to rescue this young girl. He makes it sort of his life's work. Um, and uh, he heads to Delhi uh, under the guise of uh, a Muslim man named Akhtar. Uh, meanwhile, um, Raj, uh, who is an Indian man who is serving the British colonialist empire, uh, is uh, uh, sort of in the middle of a major riot against uh, an outpost, a British outpost. Um, uh, one particular rioter offends the head of the outpost and uh, he is told to collect that man and he fights 400 people to uh, grab this guy and bring him back, um, noting him uh, a little bit of a distinction among the British uh, British crown, the British soldiers there. Um, uh, so uh, as things move on, uh, we find that eventually Raj is tasked with uh, trying to find... Uh, this uh this actor this this fellow who is uh, beam who has been causing problems for the british empire uh, he needs to be brought to justice and uh raj is given the task of bringing him in raj desperately wants to sort of make this elite guard uh, in the british empire uh, i don't remember exactly what it's called um, but functionally it's like the top tier of the british soldiers there you get a fancy um, like red jacket yeah, it's like the stormtroopers in this context. Like the, <laughs> yes. uh, the it's it's uh, this. I think it would be safe to suggest this is a melodrama to a degree. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, but regardless, he uh, he's been passed over for this position despite having heavily earned it because of racism, and uh, he is uh, given this assignment to bring in Beam on the pretense that if he does this, he will become. Uh, oh, here it is. It's he'll become a member of uh, of the Imperial Police, I believe they're called. Um, so he goes undercover to try and find Beam, uh, and begins uh, in Delhi, you know, showing pictures around, asking people if they've seen this person, pretending to be sympathetic to the uh, Indian independence movement. Um, eventually, uh, through a few connections through a few different people. I'm going to speed through this as a long movie. Uh, mm. He does accidentally run into Beam. Uh, there is... Uh, uh, we are also kind of skipping over the moment where uh, we show Beam fighting a major... Fighting a tiger and uh, a wolf in the forest to save some of his people. Uh, big action sequence there. Um, but later in Delhi, uh, they encounter each other... Uh, unintentionally when there is a major train wreck and a young boy is in danger of death, uh, the two of them uh, have a spectacular action sequence in which they save this young boy from the flaming debris of the train and quickly become friends. Uh, this is when the title shows up, correct? 
Like 40 yes. minutes in, they actually Correct. finally show RRR. Yes, yes, it's about 40 minutes in. Um, uh, they become close. They become invited to uh, a, a British uh, royal wedding. And Beam is immediately infatuated with Jenny, uh, the cousin of the um, two main antagonists uh, who uh, abducted Molly in the uh, opening of the film. Um, they attend this wedding. Beam is more of a shy, reluctant guy, and Raj teaches him to come out of his shell and stand up to a snobby British dude through a big, big wedding dance. Uh, he, they do a dance off. They do a step up to the streets and they put this guy in his place. Um, uh, afterwards, uh, uh, Raj kind of sets up this situation where, uh, Jenny's car blows a flat so that Beam can have a romantic evening with her. Um, uh, but shortly thereafter, uh, Beam realizes that Molly is indeed on this, uh, compound where they went to the wedding, where Jenny is living, um, and uh, resolves to free Molly, obviously, his life's goal. Um, uh, and, oh, give me a second. You need a drink. I, I just need to figure out where, uh, <laughs> I gotta figure out where I am in the, in the narrative here. It's a long, it's a long movie. It's a long uh, one. And a lot uh, happens. Uh, yeah, so he uh, attempts to infiltrate. Uh, he finds the room where Molly is being held. Um, at the same time, Raj uh, discovers uh, that Beam is uh, the fellow that he's been searching for. Um, and uh, they sort of have this big confrontation. Again, I'm breezing through this movie. It's a long movie. It's a good movie, but it's a long movie. Um and there's a huge confrontation at the palace, uh, inevitably, um, involving... They're, they're throwing around, what have you, different beasts of the forest. Tigers, tigers are being thrown. Yes. yes. Uh, and yes, all yes. digital tigers, too. It's it's a completely... Correct. Every animal's digital because it is a... I believe that's a Hindi, a Hindu thing. You are supposed to be nice to animals. Yeah, it's a big party held in the honor of the big colonializer, uh, Ray Stevenson. Uh, Scott is the character's name. And uh, Beam, having told who uh, Raj who he is after saving his life from a snake attack, uh, uh, crashes it. And uh, Raj comes after him, desperately wanting to fulfill his life goal of becoming this Imperial Guard. And there is a huge uh, action sequence with tigers being thrown around and and fountains being destroyed and fire and everything you can imagine. Um, ultimately ending with Beam being uh, apprehended by, uh, by Raj. Um, uh, and a violent betrayal of the trust of this really great friendship. They spent a lot of time being the best possible friends up to this point in the movie. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, we find that, uh, you know, Raj is captured. And this brings us to the interval, uh, as best I can remember. Um, after which we sort of get a little bit of backstory on Raj, who we learn um, as a young boy, 
his village was assaulted by the British, uh, killing his entire family, his father teaching him, you know, to fight and shoot uh, in his dying days. Um, it's a lengthy backflash, uh, but his entire family is killed by the British. Uh, they manage to barely fend them off and Raj manages to survive. And he, uh, he, they concoct this plan that if Raj can get into the higher echelons of the British army, he can divert guns to Indian tribes to fight off the British empire. And that is in fact what he's been working for this whole time. Not the British Empire itself, but as a double agent to destroy them. And even at the cost of his friendship with Beam, he has been pursuing this goal single-mindedly. Uh, Beam, uh, now imprisoned, is brought forth for a public flogging. Uh, an attempt to make him sort of a Braveheart scene where they're trying to make him be like, uh, he renounces what he believed before. Um, he sings as he is being uh, flogged horribly <laughs> um, and the crowd uh, uh, rebels uh, eventually at the at his breaking point when he is finally brought to his knee, knees the crowd breaks through the barricades and tries to storm uh, storm the place uh, and uh, they bring beam back but uh, Raj, having sort of had a change of heart, um, eventually manages to uh, manipulate things to a position where he, uh, in, with the help of a man who gives uh, Beam a razor to cut through his bonds in the police uh, trolley, uh, he uh, elects to save Beam's life instead of go through with his plan to get the guns to the people he needs. Um, but uh, it reveals him to be a traitor to the Buxtons, to the British. And uh, now we find that Raj is the one who is imprisoned. Um, uh, Beam eventually comes upon uh, Raj's village and learns uh, all of Raj's backstory, that he was an anti-colonialist uh, attempting to bring guns to the people of India, that uh, all he did was in the name of Indian independence and says, well, then I am going to save my friend. And with the help of Jenny, uh, the woman he met earlier, uh, he uh, manages to break into this prison where Raj is being held in a sort of cool, uh, cool hand Luke-esque, you know, solitary confinement cell. Uh, he pulls him out and they escape from the prison, uh, which uh, follow, following which uh, there is a, a major uh, fight in a forest where they're hiding out with a bunch of British colonialist soldiers where they kill a ton of them. Uh, and they decide to, to take the fight to the Buxtons, to Scott, and uh, um, uh, they, uh, you know, storm his sort of palace, uh, throwing flaming motorcycles and the like, uh, causing all kinds of uh, explosions. Um, 
the explosions kill uh, Scott's wife, Catherine, and eventually Scott himself is uh, uh, trapped without recourse and recalling an earlier speech that Scott gave about how a bullet is worth more than the life of an Indian man. Uh, they shoot Scott in the heart. Uh, and it seems as though uh, Raj is reunited with his love and Beam reunited with Jenny. And uh, everything seems very happy uh, with the conclusion. Uh, and then there is a lengthy uh, uh, extra narrative dance sequence to conclude the film uh, in which, uh, yeah, uh, all the Every, principal characters dance. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly so. Mm. Including the director, uh, he just up, pops doesn't. up at one point. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Molly is saved, um, and uh, they, uh, in a post-credit sequence, you know, they resume their friendship as you know the bestest of pals. And freedom reigned over India until mm. this day. Uh, wow. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, mm. it's quite a it's 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 a block. I mean, the movies for sure. It's a it's a chunk of movie. It's 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 you got to delve into the whole slice. Bring your silverware, you know, like you really yeah, got to cut into it. It doesn't go slow. It's nope. uh, it's it's about as packed as. Yep. Oh, man, it, it feels a little bit like a Marvel movie, just in terms of the fact that there is never enough time to really slow down and hang out. It just keeps happening. <laughs> See, I compared it more to like an anime, you know, like where everything yeah. is so almost like it's so not real. It's just like just go with it or like John Woo movies. Right. You know, like they're mm. everything's very elevated, right. um, you know, like it's it's there's. Yeah, uh, I'll say in terms of, um, so a lot of the sequences we talked about, uh, uh, the plot, is, you know, it is, a, it is a dense plot. Things move quickly, but also uh, I can, describing it just as a narrative, a strict narrative, you can move past big chunks of the story quickly because like when I say, they save a boy from a train or there's a dance at a <laughs> right. wedding yeah, right. or uh, <laughs> there's a fight at this celebration honoring Buxton. Those are five, 10 minute long sequences that are dance or fight sequences that are very heavily choreographed. You know, they're, they're yeah. big, and big, big sequences. Massive in scale. You know, well, it's right. One of those, sure. It's like plot wise, say, plot yeah. wise, they're not, you know, huge well, if you're just telling a story but they are spectacles and i will say uh when you say john woo versus marvel movies this is much more in the john woo camp these are not cgi fest there's a little bit of cgi but there's a lot of practical choreography going on in in these sequences yeah um the when I say that this movie was melodramatic, that normally would be a criticism, but in this case, it's just the mode of the movie. Um, mm. It's like so far to an extreme, like you can never really take it seriously 100% because they're like mm -hmm. literally throwing uh, tigers at people to solve fights and things like that. And, uh, you know, there's a whole sequence there's, there's... in which... There's there's the uh, the sitting on the shoulders like, like yeah John Woo with two guns. Is, there's Avenger Brothers. This is interesting. Yeah. I think one of the things about this is, is uh, 
movie making in the West, I think this movie's earnestness and its willing to be willingness to be earnest, and the fact that it actually made a, a, a splash uh, uh, worldwide, not just in India, uh, though in India this was the biggest fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, reveals something about the cynicism, I think, like the you know the self-reflective nature of Western movies. Um, where everything is like wink wink nudge nudge isn't this silly and this movie is like no we're we're gonna be earnest and it was refreshing to me a little bit to see a movie that wasn't like uh so like uh again i know i have this marvel movie thing but everything that happens in a Marvel movie, like they have to wink at the camera and be like, "Isn't it ridiculous?" You don't think ridiculous? there was any of that in this movie, though. I, I think there was a ton I think of there that was, in this movie. I there's think there was a far of, less. There's a ton you're not, of like you're not that fucking, it's, it's a movie, and we're having every fun, Marvel like, movie has six minutes where like they say, "My name is fucking whatever comic book name it is," and they're like, <laughs> "What a ridiculous name!" <laughs> oh, yeah, are you yeah. kidding me? These guys are fucking jumping on each other's shoulders and having the best time and having a yeah. fucking wedding dance. And it's and not, it's not a joke. Like I do, I, right. I don't think it's meant uh, to be a joke, uh, but I do think that it's meant to be, there is a bit of tongue of cheek into it. Like when like the whole scene, even everybody's a remarkable badass, right? Like everybody's like just even Buxton, like does a whole like jump up with the car and does like the John Woo yeah. thing and shooting it yeah. in air anime but, shit. So that, that to me, you don't think that's a little bit of a, no, a I think you're right. This is an anime and those animes generally are not, I don't think trying to be like some of them are obviously it's a broad spectrum of, of, you know, it's a medium that has a broad spectrum, but I think genuinely like a lot of times, like these, this movie is trying to express big emotion, big emotional moment, big action moments. And it's not trying to do it in a way that like is so jaded as a lot of uh, I, Western movies are. I, I think I agree with Zach on this because it feels operatic in style. For sure. Like everything is it's... so heightened beyond reality that it's um, like, I don't think this movie would be watched in a way where people would be critical. Um, it, it really strongly feels to me reminiscent of Braveheart hmm. or like The Patriot. Um, hmm. Like what we're seeing, we can or get even into most it a Westerns. Bit. Yeah, well, and, and part yeah. of this is that it's it's getting into. Um, it was interesting for me to watch this because it's an example of patriotic style filmmaking that you can kind of see why and how it works in America versus over there. Like if you see the movie Pearl Harbor, no one ever stops and goes, "Isn't it wild? We're in a movie about Pearl Harbor." They're all too busy like dating. Ben Affleck and like flying planes and shit. Mm. Um, and they just take it super self-serious. The whole movie is super self-serious. This one's nice because there's a dance number that happens that <laughs> evidently was released almost a year before the actual movie came out. Like it should not, it cannot be overstated how popular and obsessed the crowd we'll, we'll have to talk yeah. about this movie. Uh, yeah. And because this is like, a, a, we've never covered an Indian movie on the show before. Very and true. the Indian film uh industry is inter- interesting in and of itself it, but um 
many yeah, shades I, of color. Many shades yes, of color. Just like I think I think that the, the the key is this. Like uh if you see footage of people like watching this movie in in, in India, uh there's none of like the like sort of uh wry self knowing humor shit that you get all throughout the Marvel movies. People are just amped. They just love to see like these guys being fucking badasses and these crazy dance sequences. Like it's not people being like, Oh, well we know the language of film and uh, (laughs) this is a very clever, it's just people enjoying it. Like there's none of that. I don't know. Removal that I think is very common, maybe in Western movies. Well, but uh, it's, it's the type of movie that it is. It's a fun action movie, musical melodrama. I mean, it's, it's, and it's three hours long. It fucking better be fun. Um, in a way, I agree with you where most Western audiences are interested in navel gazing and sort of just, you know, liking what they like and being into that. Um, but I, I do think that this film, uh, what it is similar with the Marvel movies is its lack of subtlety. Um, you know, there's, there's no subtle moment. I mean, the whole scene where they rescue the little boy from the exploding train. I mean, they literally rescue him with an Indian flag. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that, that. I mean, that right there. I mean, if we did that in the West, if we tried to have George Washington like swinging under the to save Betsy Ross or whatever, like it, it, we it, would. It, it, but Marvel, all, I, I, we would I, laugh I our think, ass off. I don't think Marvel movies could even attempt that. I think that. There is a sense with this movie that uh, the people who made it made it with a degree of passion and belief that I think if we tried to buy that, like the Disney Corporation was making Guardians of the Galaxy four with that Mm -hmm. same kind of genuine Mm -hmm. earnesty, like we'd know it's false. Mm -hmm. Like, well, there's also like I have a feeling that they couldn't do anything really biting with these characters because they're also uh very important um political historical figures who uh, so, never met as far as we know in real yeah, life right yeah they never right. met this was like their, this is like biography pretty different too yeah, yeah. this is it, yeah historical uh, yeah. fan fiction yeah uh, but it is kind of crazy because for me the entire time i was watching it i knew that none of the characters were going to die so it was also like a marvel movie for me because of the fact that like when you go see the incredible hulk you never really think the incredible hulk's going to die like sure. when you went, when I went and saw like the the first Avenger, whatever it was, uh, Captain oh, that, uh, Captain right. America, like uh-huh. I didn't think he was gonna die in the whole movie. I was like, okay, he's gonna go to sleep. No one's gonna really kill him. So whenever he was in danger, it's like, okay, I get it. Of the course, movie's yeah. just doing its thing. Um, so that was something for me that was a little strange. Like there's a lot of like sort of like, like oh he's being tortured so bad, and it's it does make you hate the British royals, which I'm fine with. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what? what? <laughs> I love, I actually really enjoy... That's probably the more realistic part of the movie is how monstrous the British Empire was. And I I love the movie's willingness to just make these such irredeemable villains. (laughs) Well, yeah, and just such, like, classic, cartoony British bad guys, you know? There's no dimension to these villains. They're just sadistically cruel all of the time. Right. Um, Right, but in a civilized manner, so it's, you know... The other thing I think we should probably mention, and I can't really speak to it much, but um, this is also very focused on Hindu religion. 
And uh, could we table that for a second? We can. Because I wanted because to. I, I, I didn't want to bring up what you were bringing. I did want to kind of talk about because Zach and I kind of talked about this idea of using like historical fan fiction as a kind of mode in movies. And yeah, even there's the a lot. Himself brought up in glorious. We almost have an, you know, an, like uh, our cup runneth over with things to talk about with this movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's it's a long uh, movie and, and, and it's a meaty. Yeah, movie. we, we um, did talk about so the like Inglorious Bastards. Bastards. Even the director himself, I read, like kind of based a little bit he was shocked at the end of inglorious bastard spoiler alert for that movie uh hitler dies at the end before you know unlike what before he in died in, in right real life. real life right uh he's actually killed in a theater which never happened but uh, but spoiler alert been cool. for real life hitler is dead right that's true thank <laughs> god um though that's why i i but i kind of get why that kind of shook him because it kind of shook me too when i watched inglorious like it's a bold thing to do you know like to just be so Blase about history when you're and doing Tarantino historical has figures. done this with the last like three movies he made. Yeah, well, I mean, let's say with like Django or Hateful Eight, like that's not really historical. Well, not Hateful Eight. Stuff, I should have skipped that know, one. Like, but it, like, uh, know, like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for sure, and, and Django Bastard. and Inglorious. I don't think Django is like, anything really history though. I think Django is right. just a Calvin yeah. Candy's not a real person, but it's right. the same idea. I guess it's more like just trying to do another West. I think he was just trying to do a Western. But this movie, like I, one of the Western. ways I thought about this movie was like, what if you made a movie where Nat Turner and John Brown right. <laughs> became yeah. best friends right, and they just killed a billion slave owners. I mean, yeah. I would love right. that. It was them against the Confederate army. I think it'd be awesome. Sign me up. Um, yeah, I think oh, it'd be great. Man. So that's why I, I kind of, I, I, I do appreciate you know, I didn't. I didn't know that. I, I went in this movie totally blind. I mean, I, I I've heard a lot about it because, as Zach said, I mean, it's been very much popular and everybody has been talking about it. Um, so I, I I went into completely blind, and then I watched it, and then I learned that these two were actually kind of real people, although they never met in real life, and a lot of their biographies very very different. Um, but still, I like the idea. And again, not subtle. You know, you you can't if you're going to be that blase with history, you almost can't be subtle. Because then, you know, it kind of ruins the, the the mystique, the vibe of it that you're that you're trying to do. You know, it lifts the veil a little too much if you're too tongue, you know, kind of wry navel-gazing that Marvel tends to be. You, you kind of break the spell if you do that. So that's why I think you have to be committed to the bit, almost, for this movie. You have to be in order you for it to work. You can't, in this movie, do a, like, well, that happened. Hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that's the kind of thing that's unlike... For sure. All over the place in Marvel movies. Right. And it's just, this movie is like, no, we're, we're not going to do that for a minute. Yeah. It's they don't have entertaining. <laughs> it was very funny. Like, and, I, and I don't think they want to. Well, this one. Like, I think out. they wanted to. Yeah. They want to play it straight as straight as possible for like a very over the top. And, you know, the Indian film industry is different. Like those mm-hmm. movies are different bigger and more too. bombastic. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the sensibilities t- are different. They tend to be longer, too. Like, this mm, one's yeah. not a Bollywood movie. This one, I believe we went into detail. This is a Tollywood movie. It um, is a Tollywood movie. Yeah, but Bollywood movies, like, historically have been, like, four hours long. So this one's actually, like, pretty pretty <laughs> brief. Um, and yeah. But it's been strange kind of seeing different people that I know. Like, this just got played at the Directors Guild of America out here. So uh, yesterday, or the day before, my Twitter feed just turned into a wall of people talking about RRRRR. And um, it was interesting because everybody was almost universally like positive about it. Mm-hmm. And it's, 
odd to me because it's like such a heightened film. And for me, I, I kind of responded to it, but not quite that intensely. I was just like, oh, okay, it's a movie. But other people are acting like it really has like changed their view of things well, or something like that. Uh, well, I, let me let me let me talk about uh, something, I guess briefly that um, I was going to mention since we're still kind of in the Marvel comparison space, uh, and we brought up Tarantino, so that feeds in well. Um, so uh, maybe a month, month and a half ago, there was a semi-controversy as these things happen, where you know whatever a famous director talks about the MCU and says anything people freak the fuck out um, and Tarantino said something about how there were not movie stars anymore there were IPs like that's the main thing that exists and sells and moves and there was like a whole controversy about that um, this movie and in India there are very much still movie stars. And these two dudes who star in this movie are the biggest fucking deal in India. They're huge. And they had never worked together prior to this movie. Um, and additionally, the guy who directed this movie also majorly huge in India. And when this movie was called RRR during production, it wasn't for uh, Rise, Roar, Revolt. It was for these three dudes' names. Raja Mali, uh, uh, Ramal Rao Jr., and Ram Charan. Like, that's what it stood for. RRR. These three guys, the biggest stars, are working together. And uh, it's, you know, very interesting, like, that was the sell. Like, this is not a pre-existing product. Uh, obviously, the historical figures are the historical figures. But uh, the selling point of this movie was, like, these are the biggest fucking names in India. Movie stars in a way that I think uh, Tarantino's right. We don't quite have in America anymore. Like, maybe Tom Cruise is the last holdout. But, like... George anybody Clooney, Julia Roberts those kind of people uh, Clooney like barely makes anything anymore he doesn't like care. even and even then like people like Clooney like there are people who are alive who were this for a time mm -hmm. like Jack Nicholson was mm -hmm. this for mm -hmm. a time but you know you ask a 16 17 year old kid like half of them don't know who the fuck Jack Nicholson is mm -hmm. like he doesn't yeah. matter mm -hmm. his role yeah it's well, like that these... era of like true movie star is more or less dead I kind of feel like um, a part of that is just that everyone's too accessible now. Like, it, I agree. you know, you don't have the same level well, uh, of only seeing them when they're on the screen or on a giant movie screen. You'll yeah, instead I think have a it's different. of everything happening I, to I them. think that's part of it. That's definitely part of it. Like, you can, you know too much about them as people and all that stuff. It's too intimate. But at the same time, like, the mystery's gone a little bit. But I think also, I think also part of it is indeed, like, the way that the American film industry now runs is like IPs are the selling point. Like yeah. there is no. Correct. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like the people in the movie don't matter. The IP Not a, it, matters. It, it, I mean, there, those, those days will come back. I, that I have no doubt. I mean, they still try, but nowadays the, the avenues of releasing are 
both voluminous and limited at the same time. Like, like that Gray Man movie, right? That's got the Russo brothers and Chris Evans and fucking, you know, uh, Ryan Gosling. That's shit. a perfect like, example. You know, like, and it's really, no one gives a, nobody fuck. gives a shit. Yeah, exactly. So like, that's, and those that, are, those are, you know, the biggest names in the Marvel, the MCU. Right. right. If they don't do it inside the IP, it, yeah, it doesn't Nobody gives count. a shit. Who it's gives true. A shit? Um, it's, 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 it's extremely true. Um, and then, even when you've got established directors, like we were talking like with Guillermo del Toro, right? Like when he does an established IP, he's very, very successful. When he does his own stuff, unless it's like Oscar bait, like shape of water and shit like that. Like it's hard to find an audience for that anymore. Um, part of that is availability. Part of it is just audiences suck. Um, you know, like I, yeah. I, I think that when you're well, talking I about think part of it is, a very effective corporate strategy by cororations who are not great yeah, yeah. corporations one, in general yeah. or one, shit. one corporation well, in particular I mean a big a big part of it's copyright and laws so mm-hmm. it is like I think it's a totally legitimate thing that it no longer you don't have like stars of movies because it takes so much to make these movies they all have to be giant tentpole films um, it seems to me like the only area where people really kind of break out and you'll think about the stars of a show is on TV. Like you'll know TV stars and then you'll follow and watch them on other things. Like everyone talks about Jennifer Coolidge on um, the white Lotus. Lotus, But you know, if there's a movie, I might not see it. I might not know about it. It seems to me like what used to be going to the movie theater is just turned into watching TV shows a lot. Like it's really changed. I don't know if it, if you guys feel this way, but for me, I watch this on a small screen I wish I had been able to see it with a large audience. Likewise, likewise, because it's it's like comedy or like horror. Uh, like you want an audience to see them. You know. So there's a there's a theater here in Chicago called the Music Box. Uh, Shannon and I go there pretty mm-hmm. regularly. Uh, it's old theater, ninety five years old or something. Uh, some months back, they played RRR with the director in attendance. Oh shit! And you did not go. And uh, I wish I could have, but it just, like, didn't work out. And also, I think the tickets got snapped up pretty goddamn fast. Yeah. That particular showing was where the director announced they were making a sequel to this movie. Are they? I heard it otherwise. No, it was at the music box where he, like, announced What is the sequel going to be? Whatever they want it to be. Whatever they want it to be. It's just okay. It's just like it, you, there's like a period of time. Like this was set during the period of time they're off the books. There's like mm-hmm. not known history about them. That's fine. It's fine. I'm sure. I don't know enough about it. I'm sure there's an exciting story they'll be able to tell. Yeah. I, well, look, it, the talent's there. I mean, it's obviously this guy's got a, a pretty unique take on action sequences in that uh, it's that he will throw physics and, and everything with reckless abandon and, and the, it feels like the major action sequences yeah, yeah the action bit. sequences i think the action sequences and the dance sequences i know are it's it's not stellar it's not gonna they're be, really I know, well I, done i know i'm not gonna make any fans on this podcast by making this comparison but it reminded me a lot of the action reminded me of the 300 you know the the zack snyder yeah. sort of slow yeah, yeah. motion shit you know like that yeah. i i it, it very much uh, I got. That I don't. Part. I don't hate Zack Snyder's directorial or choreography or choreography or anything like that in terms of action. Uh, the reason I hate Three Hundred is because it's a fascist fucking movie. Yeah, it's yeah. a piece of shit, and Frank Miller's an asshole. Like um, I, I, I hear that, but even so, I wasn't. Um, even when Three Hundred came out, I wasn't 
terribly that I, that that aesthetic I, didn't totally jive me. I agree with you all. I agree with uh, you all. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think um, Zack Snyder has. Well, we'll save the Zack Snyder discussion one day. Maybe we'll cover Zack Snyder ah, movie, we and should. I'll unload should, about how we should watch the the I Owl have, movie someday. I have, um, I have I have problems with that. Fuck, uh, well, well it's sucker punch, and you know. Uh, oh God, I, I have problems with him as a. I should say I have problems with him as an artist and not so much as a human being. But we'll leave it at that for now. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, anyway, that's uh, with the the sort of over artist, overly artistic point of view with his action sequences, um, right. which is it's 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 an aesthetic. So I mean, that's why I think I'm with Boref that like I, I I've never heard anybody say a bad thing about this movie, and I did enjoy it, but it didn't necessarily like pluck the strings that normal that I would have, you know, that I felt like everybody else seems to be going on and and like not that you know and and again you put a, a musical dance sequence in a movie i'm usually the first one to start looking at my phone um but uh i i stand with the consensus here that was well done uh yeah. very well done oh um, i should so. also note uh while i'm talking about how the director was a big deal uh in india is like the biggest director in india right now um there is at that last uh dance sequence uh You'll might you might see a gray-haired sort of middle-aged man pop up in the middle of the sequence. Yeah, Chris that is and the I director. Yeah, mm-hmm. we yeah. mentioned that. Yeah, everybody um, shows up. It's a big. That's the kind of fun part about the the Indian movies when they end with that because it is basically just like their rap party, right? That's like that's yeah. how they just get down and have a good time. It's the Mamma Mia like, two. Here we go again. Approach where it ends with <laughs> a big fucking dance sequence. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, yeah, I think the dance sequences really helped. I mean, it is like a three-hour movie, so it was, like, beyond the action. Like, with all the action happening... They do have an intermission. Comedy, so. With the intermission. The thing is, is that if you see too much action and you see too much of the other stuff, you kind of fall asleep. And in this, it's like, okay, we're going to have a dance sequence. And mm-hmm. then it's like your brain resets in the middle of the movie, and you're like... Oh, okay. We're still watching the movie. We're having fun again. They mm-hmm. jump between genres very. Yeah. You know, it's like a rom com for a while. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I watched it over two nights. Um, the second Same. night, uh, 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 tune out, uh, tune out government agencies. Uh, we had a little. We had some small amount of mushrooms and finished the movie. Uh, <laughs> that way. <laughs> That's a um, wild way to watch this. Um, uh, not not a ton, just a little bit. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. It's been a great time. Uh, can we talk about the criticism that the film has had? Like, I don't know how much you guys know about a it. A little bit. I know about... Okay. Um, so, the Raj character later in the movie uh, takes on the appearance of a Hindi god. Uh, he pulls out a bow he has a saffron orange yeah uh cloak he, he, yeah he's um, been called ram the whole movie and then he starts being called rama which is the hindu god that he is now appearing yeah. as and there is a uh, presently in india like and i think it this is doubly complicated because the netflix language controversy is like the opposite side of this which is like the director is mad that only the hindi version got released but there is a right-wing Hindi uh, movement in India right now, and that color of orange uh, is associated with that right-wing Hindi movement that is... Uh, Currently in power. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, yeah. you know, they're more associated with Bollywood than Tollywood, which is, you know, 
um, part of the reason why the language controversy happened, you know. Um, but yes, so this was it's, controversial it's, in that regard. Yeah, it's Hindu nationalism. Um, and and I, I can't, I can't speak too, too much to it. I can't say that I know Indian politics super uh, I, well. Just I can to be clear. I can give a little bit of clarity on parts of it. Like the reason that Hindu nationalism's troubling is because usually it's anti-Muslim because there is a giant Muslim population in India. Um, this sure. film, and I'm sure that dates back all the way to like yeah. the breaking up of uh, yeah, yeah uh, all the Indian, way back. Yeah, um, it's just so then 1940. Yeah, yeah, it's just it has been kind of focused on with this that. Um, it appears uh, as Pakistan. though Hindu and Hindu um, uh, political figures are the ones that sort of freed India is kind of how the film breaks down. Um, and the problem that comes up is more the timing because right now the person who's in charge in India is kind of a Hindu nationalist. Kind of. So well, the thing is, is when that gets really going, usually the Muslims in that country wind up being killed or something mm -hmm. like that so violent clashes and things like that have happened so it's one of these things we're watching this movie it's exciting it's fun but it also has a lot of that imagery in it which would probably play differently to an audience that was actually in that country so that's one of the things that people talked about as being potentially something that we're kind of like non-critically taking in uh, sure. because we're not seeing it because you know it's like oh he's got a bow now he looks like a badass we don't really have the context of oh he's rama and he's killing the british um and that is all to say i still 100 percent fuck the british like oh, I, yeah, I, I, I don't want to make this sound like i'm making a political statement beyond just i've heard something vaguely about this there's a guy named josh willems who did a whole youtube show about this um and he had someone who's from that country come in and like fact checked what he was saying uh, he was just really positive about the movie. He was like, you know, just very forthcoming with how much he loved it. Um, I didn't have as strong a reaction as that. But, um, you know, it's a fun movie. Everyone likes it so much, though, it makes me wonder if maybe I don't like movies that much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I yeah. mean, it's just like it, it it's it, maybe it's just the type of movie, you know, like I, 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 I get that this was a fun thrill ride and a lot of you know, like it, it, it gets, you know, you're entertained the whole time, which is tough to do in a three hour span. Um, so like in, and it's a, it's a visual Marvel. Um, like it, it looks great and all of it. It's, it's very arresting. Um, but in the end, I'm kind of with you, Borf. In the end, I was like, well, I saw it and I can say I saw it. Um, mm -hmm. you know, like I, I, I didn't, it didn't resonate with me as much. And, and maybe I do hate me. Maybe I've always hated movies. I don't know. Um, so like with that, but also to go back to like the politics of this thing, I mean, like the movie itself is, it seems to have not necessarily a nationalist point of view, but like more or less an anti-imperial point of view, which is much more common and much more uniting to Indian and Sure. of all religions I, I, I and should say a pa patriotic anti view. Anti yeah, yeah. I, I should have said I'm, patriotic, not just nationalist. There is um, a difference. I'm sorry. Yeah, but I also think that um, when it comes to, like, current times, because, like, yeah, Modi's a piece of shit, and that movement has gained a lot of power, especially on the most problematic border, uh, mm -hmm. because this movie takes place before the partition, where the real fun begins. Um, and that's where... Sorry. Something this... was coming loose, and I had to... 
make sure it didn't fall down. Oh, okay. Uh, um, so, yeah, I think with the politics, and, and me, again, a dumb guy who doesn't know a lot about this, I do, you know, I read the news and that, you know, India goes through all these ethnic strife in a very bad and terrible way, um, and it's only gotten amped up since Modi came into power. I don't think that's an accident. Sure. Um, so I, and again, at the most problematic part of that and, region yeah. <laughs> um you know Kashmir region mm-hmm. uh because and it's uh, you know so like that's why i do think that this movie does kind of get a little bit of a you can understand how it can kind of get a little bit of a pass because the main bad guy isn't other isn't muslims or isn't hindus it isn't it but i could i guess i could you understand that like well it makes it look like the hindus just saved india from the british and that can't be true um uh, fair enough, uh, but I I don't think I didn't. Yeah. Get I don't, that. I don't Maybe, think it was again, an intentional, he, a dumb guy, uh, especially because obviously, like we said, yeah, the the director was deeply upset with Netflix for only releasing the Hindi version. Uh, this is a Tollywood movie, not a Bollywood movie. Bollywood mm-hmm. is much more Hindu than uh, than Tollywood, which is uh, you know a bit more. It's diverse, true, and yeah. and that's like they they did get the original people to do the dubbing. Um, and a lot of the English people are just speaking English, you know, so like there's yeah. not a lot yeah. of in there. But then Which when I notice is it, very... if you watch it on Netflix and you start to figure out that like, oh, right, there is different languages being spoken and you are hearing that language, but they are talking to each other while they like, he just said this. I'm like, well, of course he did. He's right there. So, so like you get it, it, it. You had to kind of puzzle it out in your brain. And it's, uh, to, I, I'd, to, I'd like to, to, I'd like to just quickly say I had a, incredibly strange experience watching this because of the language thing because i think i saw it in the original language however whenever someone started speaking english they had dubbing mm. so interesting ray winston well, you could still hear him talking but it was just like when wait, ray documentary. rick rick's uh ray stevenson yeah it was funny because he was like talking and it felt like i was watching a documentary where they like have a person speaking a native language and then they overdub them but in this case, it was reversed. So I kept having to like listen behind the dubbing to be like, what's he say? Oh, just, I'm a racist asshole. Okay, I got it. <laughs> and it, was, it was very hard to like, thankfully they tea. were very- uh, yeah. uh, But I, I should say, it's worth noting that it is common in Tollywood, uh, which is actually becoming bigger than Bollywood uh, now in Indian culture. Like the last, like a lot of the biggest blockbusters have been Tollywood movies. Um, uh, they do generally film every dialogue scene in a few different languages. Uh, they have the, the actors perform each scene multiple times in different languages for different releases in different areas, which is, you know, I think kind of an interesting, uh, I mean, I don't have much more to say about it than that, but it is, I think, a, a point of interest that, you know, they take the extra effort to do that on almost every production. Yeah, they no have wonder the like movie took two years. They have a yeah. Well, also COVID. They have a yeah. ton of oh, local that, languages. Yeah, let's not forget that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's oh, also there's, yeah. There's so many studios in India. There's it's not just Bollywood and Tollywood. There's like those Hollywood a dozen. Or yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're all like something it. wood. Is the Hollywood like it's always like some letter Hollywood? Like the mm-hmm. the only other film that I'd was thinking of while watching this is a movie called The Terrorist from 1996 and it's from Hollywood and it's a Tamil uh, film and it was um, interesting because it was all about a uh, suicide bomber um, who 
was coming through training and it's sort of structured around um almost like a thumble thumbelina story where she starts off and then she's pregnant and she's going through it and it kind of was the lead up to and it was based i believe around a bombing that happened um with one of the gandhis like a suicide bomber um and it was her like leading up to the end and the big question in the whole movie was like is she gonna do it or is she not gonna do it because she's pregnant and you know she met a bunch of people along the way trying to get to her location to commit the suicide bombing um that film completely straight not um not fun like it was like very like semi neorealist so that was interesting to compare that to this um i don't know if you guys have ever seen it or if you ever might see it Mm-mm. but it's a Jeez, good movie for what i remember i'd have to look back <laughs> yeah uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not all that familiar with Indian film. I'm gonna throw that out there. Shouldn't shock anybody, I, but it's true. I'll be, uh, I'll be This is yeah, I don't maybe know. one of three that I've seen, and I don't count Slub Dog Millionaire. Um, that's just <laughs> well, that's not an Indian film. It was directed right. by no, a British man. That's very true. Yeah. And uh, stars a British actor. That's right. Yeah. Um, but you know, they're borrowing from that aesthetic. Um, so uh, that doesn't count, but. That's the kind of aesthetic that I have seen. Other than, okay, I've seen, like, crappy Indian, like, YouTube videos of Spider-Man, I guess. You know, from, like, the Stuff that gets memed. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah, right. It's, it's really great to watch. I love that stuff. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very, you know, a cultural sort of heathen when it comes to this kind of stuff. Uh, I, I'm more from a, a, Asian, Italian... Asian film I'm a little bit more familiar with them than Indian film so but I know what to expect you know like I I know that like this there's a there's an element for 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 everyone I've seen there's a there's a song at the end of it like that that I know that they usually have a song and dance sequence but uh, yeah I mean to be fair like I don't know Indian film but I also know that uh I mean there are a lot of varieties in genre and like it's not like every Indian film has a song at the end there are like indie Indian movies sounds a little redundant but there's like all kinds of like you know they're not all big bombast and and they don't all have dance numbers there's there's tons of of of, uh, small budget or 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 different genre Indian movies that are not well but the, and, and a rich I mean one of too. the one of the memes that didn't happen in this like a common thing that happens in Indian movies like big big productions is there's always a dance sequence on a train because it's a very very common type of public transportation when you're traveling long distances there so a lot of movies involve train dance sequences um it's just you know just where you happen to be. It's an excuse to drive around or get from one location to another. Uh, a lot of dialogue sequences happen on trains. Um, that's about the only thing that normally shows up that specifically did not happen in this. And I was like, okay, that's, that's just a common thing that I've seen in other films. I want to talk about mythology a little bit because bore front up a little bit with the God Rama and stuff, but these two figures historically are kind of myths in their own right as far as like Indian history is concerned um and I I wonder that's why I think this film is effective in that it made me look up these two men a little bit so like that's kind of neat uh and it 
when you're presenting them in such a mythical way that this movie is doing, um, I think it's kind of the fact that they resemble some sort of deity at the end doesn't really surprise me because they've been acting like a deity the whole movie. You saw the guy beat up 400 people, right? Yeah, like that, sure. that, like, like that's everybody, like I said, is a remarkable badass. Um, and everybody knows the dance steps and the words like that. It's magic. Um, so it, it, it's, um, it's myth building with this movie and it's kind of building. And that's why the plot when Zach says at the beginning here, when he was talking about like how like 10 minute sequences are relatively minuscule as far as plot moving along, but they're really not because every piece kind of matters. Um, and even the kind of time shift that it does in the middle of the movie, the, the act break where you learn about Raj's past, um, the, I didn't. I usually hate it when. I usually don't like it when movies do that a lot. Uh, I'm not gonna get all Ben Shapiro glass onion shit, which is stupid. Um, but like, it it's usually kind of a, kind of a fake out. But this one felt earned because there's a. I think at a crucial scene, with um, um, Ra, Ram has like a, a girlfriend back in his village or whatever that's like waiting for him. I think that got brushed over in the in the synopsis. Yeah, I, I the, did. The, uh, yeah, the, she's the one who reveals his backstory to be right to, to, to be, And that, that moment was very powerful. And, and I, I think there was a song in there that, that he started to sing mm -hmm. along to it. And that kind of, I thought that was very good. And normally I'm kind of with Borf where I'm kind of allergic to that, but that I was like, Oh, that was satisfying. And learning new information informs you as a as a audience member and especially when you're doing it with myths like this you know when you're doing it with such big figures doing big things uh, uh so to scale it down that that small um kind of humanizes it a little bit when everybody is remarkably inhuman i haven't thought i didn't think about this beforehand but from the perspective of an audience member in India uh, who maybe knows about these two as historical figures, it's a strange, it's a strange feint to have Raj appear for most of the movie to be a hardcore colonialist if the audience knows this person as a historical figure who was deeply anti-colonialist. Mm -hmm. uh, from a Western audience who like doesn't know know these people maybe that's like a, an effective like switch where you reveal you reveal his backstory and it's like okay this guy is actually working inside the system to destroy it but presumably an indian indian audience would be like well we know this man right. is <laughs> right. against yeah. the british empire they, they might have just been waiting for the switch at that point we're like okay we know he's gonna turn good at some point but right. I, it, it went, we'll, we'll have Malcolm well Malcolm X like arrest Martin Luther King yeah. as a cop. Oh jeez. Like, well, <laughs> it would probably be the other way around, I think. Yeah, that's probably true. But anyway. Um, it, um actually I have a question. That that made me think of something. Um so does this movie have one protagonist or two? Uh, two, I would two. say. Yeah. I'm gonna go with like, two. And actually, this is this is a question that uh, I know. Not to get ahead of ourselves, the movie we talk about next time. Hmm. Um, this is something that when I was in high school, I tried to write a 
hero's journey essay about the movie we're talking about next time. <laughs> and I was like, well, who's the protagonist of this film? <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious to talk about that then too. Uh, yeah. I, okay. In this one, I'd say it's both because of the shift in expository character motivation. You know, like, I think that's what makes it like, if it was just a buddy film, if, 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 Raj wasn't the historical figure that he was, and he was just, like, friends with this dude and felt bad about it. Like, you would be pretty clear that Beam is the, the main guy. Koromon's our, mm-hmm. our protagonist. He's our antagonist. But even in an antagonistic relationship, they could still come together at the end and have an understanding. So I... But because of that little intermission, I, I must say that they're both protagonists. Yeah, I kind of, I feel the same way because it was one of those things that um, since these are two enormous stars, it was one of these things where I'm like, yeah, I don't think either star is going to be uh, Hmm. underneath the other one. It's sort of like when they had the uh, the Rock and Jason Statham uh, squaring off. Paul Newman, Robert Redford, buddy. Yeah, it's like, well, they had fight scenes in whatever that movie was with those two dudes where they couldn't lose to each other, but they had to have a fight scene. So every fight scene between The Rock and... Jason Statham ends in some sort of a draw uh, because they're dicks. But in this case, it's a very well, different Rock's thing. Well, Rock's a professional wrestler, okay? Well, he yeah. only puts people over for the for the title. You know? Oh, yeah. But, uh, one, but the, Rock is, the Rock is now... The Rock refuses to allow his characters to die in any movie he's in now. Like, there was a time where he was starting out and he would, like... Like, in the other guys, his character dies in a fucking ridiculous way. But now he refuses. Like he won't he's, lose. Like he's he's full egomaniac. He's, he's humorless. Yeah. He's finally yeah. he finally pulled a Hogan, a Hulk Hogan, who like yeah. in the end of his career just like you know like wouldn't put over like that's not gonna work for me, boss man. You know. Like, yeah. It's just, yeah. You know, that's why like, everybody's he, into like Dave Batista now because he like has a sense of humor about himself at least mm-hmm. for the time being. Sure. Yeah. You know, time yeah. makes the rules. He, he's also very um, liberal. Yeah. Sure. He is. And, yeah. You know, and it is done with Marvel. Um, He's, he's moving on. Um, he, he's going to try to be a serious actor, which, you know, no, I'm not talking shit about The Rock. Rock's fine. He's like, as a performer, he's fine. But yeah, it is it is really funny that he just won't, he won't he's lose. Okay, yeah. That's 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 pretty funny. Um, the, he's the got, he's Hogan, got his one moment. Hulk Hogan um, lives again. <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, I think that, um, so I, I, I guess we could get to final thoughts on this. We don't need to make it sure, as long. Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, so this is just, it was just a very difficult, like there's so much. And I, part of the reason I suggest this movie before we get to final thoughts is like, A, uh, I thought it would be a good, fun, jolly good time to watch this movie. And B, uh, you know, uh, we are people of folly. And uh, I thought it would be interesting to talk about a part of a big world of film culture that we in neither iteration of this show have ever discussed in any regard sure and uh you know um and, no and to Indian, be fair to be yeah. fair this only scratches the surface you know oh like, for this sure is only, this know, is the like, biggest this yeah. is the most broad strokes opening salvo sure. like you know this you is know, like I, seeing i've seen titanic therefore i get western film you exactly know, like I, yeah yeah, I agree. Uh, are, so is this final thoughts? I figure I'll just... No, we'll go into final thoughts. Sure, final um, thoughts. I thought this one was fascinating. Um, I'm not going to say it was my 
favorite thing in the same way that everybody else is super intense about it. Um, I do love the fact a lot of it was practical. Um, it definitely had a lot of very interesting things in it. I would say the thing that jumped out at me the most is that it was fascinating to see sort of a hoorah patriotism movie for a different country. Hmm. Like, mm-hmm. usually when I'm seeing something in the U.S., I... I I don't want to say that I'm anti-American, but I do have kind of a bile reaction whenever there's like someone crying and there's a flag waving or, you know, watching Pearl well, Harbor. The Gipper says to keep it together. Oh my God. I just would, I just, it, it makes me want to just like play a But I'll say this, I'll say this about that, Chris. Uh, if you did have a movie that was like a U.S. movie that took place during the American Revolution and the villains were the Brits, you'd be like, well, obviously, fuck the Brits. <laughs> I mean, we had that. The Patriot. That's yeah. oh. <laughs> and I got to be honest, I hated that one, too. <laughs> uh, but it's funny you say that because it reminds me of a movie that I think had a great deal of patriotism jammed into a foreign story, which was Braveheart. Braveheart to me, felt very much like fuck big government. Uh, and it was very much sort of like, it's hard to describe, but it felt like sort of uh, how the Christian sense of uh, being um, like victimhood, like the war on Christmas. But it there's felt a, like that. There's towards... a common thread between those two movies. I, I can't oh, uh, yeah. can't put my, can't put my finger on it. Can't, the can't other one, the on. other one that you can usually get away with in an American hoorah movie is uh, if you're fighting the Nazis, like it's the Nazis. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. yeah, it's like the British Nazis. Uh, I'll have to show. <laughs> The thing is, even the, even the British look okay next to the fucking Nazis. Well, I'm gonna have to. There's there is an old there's an old animated like uh, adult animation from the 2005 to 2006 or seven era that was like a bunch of like short stories put together. No one really knows about it. It's called Monkey Dust. I will see if I can find a clip to send you guys. I might have shown you Carlson. Yeah, back I was about in to say, boy, that rings a bell. Yeah. They I think had, like in the nascent yeah. days of like DVD burning and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, they had all, some okay. funny stuff in there that was specifically this, like where it was essentially American hoorah, but jammed into other cultures. And it's hilarious to watch for those sequences because it'll be things like, you know, uh, Saladin and it'll be like the Middle East <laughs> But everything will be fucking Americans. And when Saladin shows up, it's someone who's plainly supposed to be like Hitler. And they're like calling him the Fuhrer Saladin and stuff like that. And it's it's very cringy in terms of politics now. But uh, a lot of hoorah patriotism uh, seen through something else. Anyway, final thoughts on this. It's a good time. Uh, you can go ahead and see it. Uh, it's going to be a breeze. You're going to watch the whole thing very uh, quickly as far as three hours goes that's fine um yeah uh final addendum i'll uh, say this this the the hoorah patriotism uh i think it's actually most akin because this is uh also a very fantastical silly thing where the villains are archetypical and the hero is very american indiana jones hmm, mm-hmm. yeah fair enough that's Fair the enough. comparison. Fair and enough. 
And you fucking hate those villains because it's fucking Nazis. That's right. Yeah, easy enough. Um, we'll just ignore Temple of Doom. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I think that... Uh, <laughs> um, so I, I'm kind of... I agree with Boref that, like, I, I'm glad I watched it um, because it's in the conversation now, even in Western audiences, it's in the zeitgeist. Um, so I always feel like uh, being in the know. Though I am typically sometimes for stupid reasons like tend to go against the consensus but uh, uh as i said earlier in this case i'm assigned with the consensus because uh it's a good movie uh it was very enjoyable uh even though again my brain my instincts my sort of uh taste tried to reject it uh it couldn't because it was just too much damn fun um regarding the the sort of action sequence heavy and way over the top matrixy style of actions that's been sort of prominent that you don't see as much anymore in western movies that often which uh, and unless it's unless it's a fucking Snyder film you know like you really don't see the kind of slow motion fast motion sort of thing or even like the the scene where he flips the fucking motorcycle up and like jams an arrow bullseye on it you know like that just way over the top stuff you you really only kind of i i remember it strongly in my movies is like westerns right you know like i'm thinking of like you know magnificent seven or whatever and like it, it, everybody's got their own kind of like badass thing to do in this film everybody's like just a badass it's just like it's it's remarkable um it's an interesting take that i wish that we would that western audiences would sort of hijack in a way um, to kind of, if we all know it's a movie, we're all aware that this is a movie. Why are you limiting yourself to just, as Zach said, just sort of like constantly reminding us, like, it's a, we know it's a movie, you know, like kind of let it go. Let the fantasy fly, like let it, let it. And that's what I kind of appreciated about this movie. And I could see where he kind of like was affected a little bit by Inglorious Bastards. Cause I sort of, I, I really like that movie from Tarantino because it is just, unabashedly what it is it doesn't it doesn't sidestep it doesn't try to apologize it doesn't even try to explain it just goes for it um so in that respect i've got to say very well done it's better than inglorious bastards because of the genuine friendship that you feel and the explicit joy that uh everybody feels and it's very hammered home by the last scene and the last song and but that dance sequence i mean i i've got to even show it to my mom who's much more of a musical theater fan than i'll ever be uh because it's it's up there with like some of the best dance sequences you've seen on film it's up there it's fucking good um so like even a crusty old cynic like me could be like oh well done so yeah well done thanks zach i and i'm glad we watched it because i i I can't see myself making up an excuse to watch this movie considering the length where i'd be like do i really want to fucking sit through three hours so i'm glad i had to do it because it was worth the ride so thanks zach yeah uh i had a lot of fun with the two i think that uh well also speaking to the dance sequences it's not or the action sequences i should say uh it's though this applies to the dance sequences i I have a long-held belief that uh a good dance sequence and a good action sequences sequence have more in common than they have different uh it's all about the choreography um but 
the thing is, yeah, I think we're in a period right now with most major blockbuster releases where so much of action is CGI laser beam shit. And mm -hmm. it's so boring. It's so, 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 I can't, I just, can I say so a few more times? So, 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 <laughs> so, so boring to just see people flying around and shooting laser beams in CG yeah. at each other. I can't give a fuck. It, it but feels, yeah, you throw a CG tiger at it. We're in. I'm, I'm in. But there is genuine choreography here. Like yeah. these people, there's a mixture of like that Zack Snyder fast motion, slow motion, and there is CG. But there's also real like fight choreography in these scenes. And just like the dance scenes where there's real dance choreography, like you can feel the difference. Well, um, it, it also and, goes to a crescendo. Like it's one of those nice things. The yeah. rhythm, it's it's a rhythm-based sequence. I really agree with that sense that action and dance have a lot in common. It's a rhythm-based sequence. And a lot of American films, for some reason, have to do like instant gratification. They don't build to a big moment. They're like, we're going to have a big moment immediately. And then you just start not caring because it's like, well, there was a giant punch. There's another giant punch. They're blowing up the moon. They're throwing cars at each other. In this, they start throwing they start by throwing tigers around, and they end by throwing motorcycles around. That's the classic build arc. <laughs> <laughs> they, they start with just people, right? He's just throwing people against other people, and mm -hmm. then it's and when, the animals, and then it's uh, vehicles. Exactly. So, yeah. When you when a villain gets killed, it's like that guy got fucking killed hard. Yeah. yeah. Like, which yeah. is just fun sometimes. Yeah. Uh, you know, you want the villain screaming no while half wrapped in barbed wire. It's the Fury Road death. You got to have a big death for a big baddie. It's not I, yeah. okay to just zone it out and do a simple one. You got to make it big. I yeah, mean, and I, that's I, my I, problem with fucking another tangent. But like, Disney, let us have a fucking villain. <laughs> Can we have a fucking villain <laughs> who we hate? <laughs> um uh, anyway, um, uh, I'm a big fan of a great villain. We're going to wind one up watching of, one a Marvel of, film because you've talked oh, about this so goddamn much. One of these days, <laughs> one of these days I'm going to win and we're going to do a round where it's like favorite film villains because villains are, are one of my favorite things in, uh, in fiction. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I, I think it was a lot of fun. Like the action sequences of where there were CG and all that stuff in there and they were building and, and the slow motion let you see what was going on very clearly when they had these complicated maneuvers, which is important. Like understanding is a big part of a good action sequence. Um, and you never, I, you know, it was never like something that was like, what the fuck is going on? There's just shit all over the screen. Batman it was understood. Yeah. <laughs> but also a no lot of modern blockbusters. Movie. I'm not just, ex I'm not just talking about Marvel. I'm talking about like a lot of big CG blockbusters. Sometimes there's so much shit flying around. You're like, I don't know what the fuck is supposed to be going on here. Um, like cause and effect and all that stuff is very important in, in directing action. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it quite a lot. I, I think it's a, a good movie. I love to see, um, different uh, different areas of the world get more recognition um, in in our corner of the world you know the same thing as when Parasite won a, uh, Best Picture a few years ago like I think I think that 
to 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 counteract what I say about Marvel, I think that the problem with Marvel is it's closing in what film can be for so many people to a very, 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 very small bubble of what is acceptable filmmaking. And things like this and things like Parasite give me hope because they expand it. They make it so that film doesn't have to be this one fucking thing. Um, and uh, that always gives me hope. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's a lot yeah. like, it's a lot like kind of reminded me of um, right when the matrix came out, you guys remember crouching tiger, hidden dragon. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. I always felt like that was a response to the matrix. Cause the matrix got such uh, accolades about their wire work and stuff. But there was still an explanation to why they're like that. When you watch a movie like Counting, uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, as a Matrix audience, you're like, well, why can't they jump through trees and stuff like that? They don't care. They just do it. Shut up. Shut up and watch the movie. Uh, uh, aren't they? That's aren't they that's sort of what I win. Weinstein. Well, it was distributed by Weinstein. I don't think okay. he produced. It. He might okay. have. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, you know, I don't back in the early, late '90s, early 2000s, Chinese who, production. There's, there's, there's no way that he didn't have his fingers in fucking cement somehow. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that that's kind of what RRI reminded me of. It's like the the world responds to Marvel. I mean, uh, but you is, know, if you like here's it, the thing: we're gonna see a lot more Indian films now. This one was extremely popular, so mm-hmm. we're gonna definitely get the mm-hmm. sequel. Yeah. We'll probably get the other films that uh, Rajmuli has put out. Um, it ain't a bad thing to see more. It's another like quadrilogy, I think. It's got yeah. a series or something. Yep. Um, yeah. I don't know if um, he's is he going whole I don't know if he's going whole James Cameron Avatar with it. Uh, I think well, it's previous. I stuff. He did that with his previous stuff. He certainly. Oh, did. I see. Um, so yeah. So uh, anyway, yeah, I, I kind of agree with Zach that well done, and it does seem like this movie. Is and uh, these with, were very charismatic. Uh, I thought the yeah really good director, charismatic actors. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I could, I could say. I get why they're stars. I could safely recommend this movie to my mother, uh, and she won't be bored, and she won't be off put by all the action because it's just so over the top and ridiculous. Even my dad might enjoy it. Uh, they might not stay awake through the whole thing, but you know, they'll they'll watch it yeah. in bits. Um, Stop at the interval. Inter. inter- yeah, there, there is a yeah. There there's a. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, well, that concludes our our our. Um, it was a lot of fun, and that was Zach's reward. But now it's time to get the nose back to the grindstone. Boys. Also, time my pick. to get down. Yeah, Zach's. Yeah, he's. This, this yeah, has we're, been we're a Zach trilogy, is what's yeah, been going that's on right. lately. Yeah, no. yeah, it's Z Z Z. Um, so uh, we will. And also, be... a story about a friendship. That's that's right. That's right. And an oppressive, uh, an oppressive environment. Double trouble. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are next episode. We will be starting Zach Powers themes of movies that are based off of previously written material that you yourself have read. And we will be doing Frank Darabont's classic Shawshank Redemption. Um, seen it a bunch of times. Decided to watch it again. Roger Deakins rocks. Nothing not to like. Um, so excited to watch that. So that'll be a fun theme to start. Uh, so tune in next time. That's what we will be doing with uh, Shawshank Redemption. Uh, so with that in mind, please join us next time. And I have been Russell Carlson. Uh, I have been joined by Chris Borff. Load! Shoot! I remember two <laughs> lines in the movie. <laughs> and I've also been joined by Zach Powers. Uh, whip him with this nail whip. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, no, the whip the was bad. We need it real bad. Everything's so uh, extreme in this movie. Like, you know, I could just jump off the motorcycle. What if I use the motorcycle as a projectile with my bare hands? Um, anyway, uh, as we always say on the movie trap, Diane Ladd is too young to play Chevy Chase's mom. We'll see you next time. Movie trap promise. <laughs> <laughs> ఒక్కడిదంతా చేస్తుంటే మీరంతా కలిసి కూడా ఏం చేయలేకపోయారు సిగ్గుందా నువ్వు నచ్చావు యంగ్ మ్యాన్ నీ సర్వీస్ కి తగిన ఫలితం లభిస్తుంది వాడికి పడే శిక్ష ఎలా ఉండాలంటే బ్రిటిష్ వాళ్ల వంక కన్నెత్తి చూడాలన్న ఆలోచన కూడా ఇంకెవరికి రాకూడదు నేనది చూడాలి వాడి ఒంట్లోంచి రక్తం కారడం కళ్ళారా చూడాలి చూస్తావుగా వాడికి మన పద్ధతులు ఎలా ఉంటాయో రుచి చూపిస్తాను ఆఫీసర్ నీ కొరడా దెబ్బలకి వాడి ఒళ్ళు చీరిపోవాలి మోకాళ్ల మీద పడి తప్పొప్పుకొని క్షమించమని ఏడ్చేదాకా ఆపద్దు